Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, three prospects are going to be playing for Team USA at the World Championships. We're going to break down who and why this is important for them. And it's Friday. That means it's the Friday mailbag, and we have plenty of good questions to get to today, all inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 838 of Locked On Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcast, or on YouTube, or now on your SiriusXM apps. That's right. We are expanding. You cannot stop us. We cannot be contained. I am all-powerful and all-knowing. That last one does not need to be fact-checked or verified by anybody. I am your host. I am Scott Malin. I'm joined, as always, by my fantastic co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, I know you're feeling a little under the weather, so I do thank you for, of course, making time for our show tonight. This Friday, and we got Habs news to talk about, like actual Habs news, not perspective Habs news or draft news, actual Habs news. How excited are we going into the weekend now? I'm excited for the news just because Scott texted it to me and I do have to apologize to the listeners for my voice the last couple of episodes and I have to thank Scott for doing most of the talking. He's not talking over me everybody. He's giving me a chance to rest my voice Uh, but I'm just so excited about Team USA because there's lots to talk about. I'm excited that there's news for Habs fans because obviously it's been really quiet and you know you and I have talked about it. Um, we're doing pretty, you know, we're, we're, we've gotten pretty far into our player reviews. Um, and I'm really excited about people participating in that as well, but I'm just, I'm happy that finally we've got a couple things to talk about and also just how prominent the prospect content is in that news. So today we already knew Samuel Montembeau was going to world championships for team Canada. We knew that already along with a bunch of other former Canadians that we won't get into listing, But Team USA released their initial roster for this, uh, the team that is going as of right now. On there, Sean Farrell, Montreal Canadian Sean Farrell, NHL goal scorer Sean Farrell, Luke Tuck, playing with his brother Alex Tuck, another Habs prospect out of Boston, and then Lane Hudson. And the first name I want to focus on here is Sean Farrell, because part of the thing that brought him into the eyes of many Habs fans, including his dominant season with Chicago in the USHL after his draft year, when COVID wiped out his freshman year of college was that he got selected to the American Olympic team for that very weird uh, Beijing Olympics, where he put up six points in four games. He also played for team USA at the world championships and put up six points in 10 games there as well. And Sean Farrell's a young guy. He's still 21 years old, turns 22 in November And he is already a repeat member for Team USA at an international tournament. And yes, it's world championships. I know it's the, that guy still plays hockey tournament. However, to be able to catch the eye of USA hockey's upper brass and to be a repeat person in this, I think speaks a lot to how teams value the kind of player that Sean Farrell is. 
And for the Canadians, they've got to love that. This is more experience against more professional players. He got six games in the NHL this year. Not a ton. He got valuable experience in there, but this is another opportunity to continue to build and play at that next level. He did well. He, we know he can hold his own there. And as a returning player, they're going to count on him a lot. So I'm looking at the lineup here. Anders Bjork, Nick Benino, Matt Coronado, his line mate at Harvard, Sean Farrell, Connor Garland, Cutter Gauthier, Carter Mazur, Drew O'Connor, Luke Tuck, Alex Tuck, TJ Tynan, and Sammy Walker. There's a top six role for Sean Farrell there, and I think that's important. And I, I want to shift to the other forward here from the Habs side of this. Luke Tuck is a surprise. Alex Tuck mentioned in his Sabres exit interview that he was going to go play at World Championships with his brother. So we've kind of known Luke was going to be on this team, but based on his production at the NCAA level, I'm kind of surprised. And I think this is a, you know, let's get you back on track kind of thing. This is a a huge opportunity for him because if he plays well, that's a lot of momentum going into his senior year at BU. Or if he plays well, maybe Kent Hughes offers him a contract. Who knows? He'd be the guy I'm most excited to watch here if it wasn't for the fact that Lane Hudson is going to this tournament. And the defense is young. Lane Hudson is the youngest on there. He is not a big dude. And he's going to be playing against professional hockey players. He's going to be playing against other men in this tournament. It, it, it does really well that they're th- for the Habs prospect where the three of them are going to this. And not on a small country. I... I was actually kind of surprised to see Lane Hudson's name on here, like truly, because USA Hockey's usually been very stick in the mud. Uh, I know I'm excited. I don't know how much I'll be able to watch, but I'm going to be obviously checking in on this because it's more prospect analysis. And I know it's draft season, but if you can watch Lane Hudson play hockey, go watch Lane Hudson play hockey. I'm begging you. Honestly, I think for me, I'm just excited to watch. I, I don't think I would have watched it otherwise if it wasn't for the Habs prospects. It's not something that we tend to like really be into as, as, as NHL fans. It's something that's fun to watch, though. But this is going to make me like really pay attention. And I think, you know, I just I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how far Lane Hudson can go. And that's the thing about it is it's like this is a we talk about this being an opportunity for Luke Tuck which it is, it is, but he's got the size and professional size frame that teams are looking for in a player like him. For Lane Hudson, this is going to be, how do you handle the speed and pace of a professional level when you are a smaller framed player? He's gotten bigger since he was drafted, yes. He's still not a large guy. Can you use the smarts that are up here to make yourself a stronger player positionally and around the ice Kind of like we've seen Cole Caulfield do and what Sean Farrell does. They're not big, pardon me, they're not big players, but they know how to find their space there, even when it's not given to them directly. And Lane Hudson is creative. We've said this a million times on this show. He's such a creative player that this is a chance for him at that next level now, because if he thrives here, you are in the eyes of you know USA Hockey. And if I'm correct, he should be, uh, eligible for next year's under 20 team as well. This is that it's a, I, I keep saying opportunity and it is, it is an opportunity for him. He's, Oh God, he's 19 years old, turns 20 in February. So he is eligible for one more world juniors there for team USA. And if he, th- if he plays well at this, what's he going to do when he goes to under twenties, it's, 
it's a very exciting time to be a Montreal Canadiens fan. Obviously, as this tournament goes on, we will have updates, especially when our small, somewhat small children do very impressive things. But it is also Friday. Friday means we take a break from player reviews, other things. It is time for the Friday Mailbag. We answer all of your listener questions or as many as we can get to. And that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time at all. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Some exclusions apply. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. It is Friday. Friday is where we go to have a little bit of fun here on the show. We always have fun on the show, but we have a little bit of extra fun. A a dash of fun, a smidge, a skosh, whatever grandmother amount of fun you want to add to this podcast. You can do that on Fridays. If you ever, 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 ever have mailbag questions, how dare you? But you can tweet them at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter or LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can tag Laura and myself just to make sure we see it. Uh, you can DM us if you have something longer, anything like that. Uh, Laura has the questions on hand. What do we have in the mailbag today? So I'm going to start by saying this is going to be a part one of two mailbag just because we have so much good stuff. So if you've asked a question, we didn't say it today. We'll probably get to it at some point next week and we'll be very, very, very quick about it. We won't let you wait too long. But I wanted to talk about this email from Grant W. um, And it's really nice. Hi there. I recently came across your podcast this season. And I'm a huge fan. Thank you. I've been I have wanted to send in some mailbag questions, but I've been too nervous. Don't be nervous. We love mailbag questions. And this email really made my day. I met Arbor Jackeye and thought this would be the perfect story to share. I'm so happy about this because I want more of these stories. Send us more of these stories. We're going to talk about them. I was born and raised in Toronto, and I'm a diehard Habs fan with a growing memorabilia collection. My 16-year-old brother-in-law, who's a Sharks fan, but I still love him. (laughs) We have Sharks fans, too, that we love. (laughs) And I went to the Toronto Card Show this past weekend. Normally, I'm not a fan of the goon type, but Arbor is a bit of an anomaly because he can score goals. And also, he destroyed Cassian, and I hate Cassian. (laughs) So when we went up to meet him, I shook his hand and I said, thanks for kicking the S out of Cassian. And he laughed and said, anytime, man, sign my photo of him punching Cassian in the face. (laughs) I love this story, Grant. I absolutely love it. Please keep sending stories like this, everyone. Unrelated, but Scott got me hooked on Lane Hudson and I found and bought a signed puck by him. Thank you so much for your letter, Grant. I... I'm so happy about this. Thank you so, so much. This was a great mailbag entry. So, Scott, do you have anything to add? Because we've, we've got to get to some questions. But... I just love that he walked up to a hockey player and was like, hey, thanks for beating the crap out of that, dude. And it was like a normal thing. It's not at all <laughs> weird, which, like, 
I I have no words. That that rules so hard. Dudes rock. Like. I adore it. I adore it. Thank you, Grant. Um, so we've got a question from our friend Claude S. Uh, Claude S. I'm so sorry. I do it in English. I'm a Quebecer. I should be calling you Claude. Um, hi, guys. Like a dog on a bone, I can't let my hope for this guy go. It's about Jared Davidson. Do you think his skating deficiencies can be improved by Adam Nicholas to the point he'll be able to make the jump to the bigs? He racks up points like crazy. His plus minus is very impressive. So just maybe, as Scott would say, he's good at hockey. And to quote me, you guys are good at hockey talk. Oh, thank you, Claude. All right, Jared Davidson. So we did ask one of our prospect experts about him, and I believe it was Tony Ferrari at the time. And the knock on him is his skating. Do we think his skating can be improved for him to make it to the bigs? I mean, probably you could always work on skating because it's a, it's a mechanical thing. It's not like a, a mental like deficiency in the way that the, he analyzes the game or anything. He puts up good points. He's an overager in the WHL playing on a very good team. So like obviously point totals, cause he went from 16 points to 19 points to, well, that was almost a point per game in the COVID season to 89 to 82. There's a jump there that comes with being one of the older physically mature players on the team there. And from we asked, nothing really stands out, but the points are there. It's the kind of person you take a chance on anyways. You do you follow the same path that Rafael Harvey Pinard and Xavier Simino and Miguel Torini are doing. You give them an AHL contract. You give them the year to kind of prove, can you adjust to this level? If not, whatever. You kind of let them go and you move on with your life. And if they make it work, you give them their entry-level contract after that. Simple as. I'm interested because admittedly, the games happen when it is past my bedtime on any given night. <laughs> so I don't watch a ton of WHL hockey, unfortunately, but I do see his name all over the score sheet all the time when I check. So we've got another one from the doghouse, the mailbag, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the good, the Panthers ousting the Bruins. Yes, I agree. The bad, the maple laughs. Sorry. Leafs winning a series. I also agree. Um, and then the ugly. So this is like, like the avalanche play-by-play. So this has come up before. The avalanche play-by-play, I believe they're called altitude sports, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Homerism. So this brings up a good debate. So, like, obviously, he's talking about how they were whining about the goals that get called back, you know, being a homer, (laughs) calling him a doofus. I want to ask the question, based on this, Scott, do you think that a play-by-play, a local play-by-play team, not like a, um, a countrywide national broadcaster, should be homers or should be objective? See, here's the thing is I love a good objective broadcast. Like there are good broadcasts around the NHL. Like I look at Seattle's broadcast. They do a very good job at that. I And there's a few others. I enjoy Buffalo's, but that's also because I'm local and I'm used to that. But at the same time, when you watch, like I watch a lot of AHL hockey admittedly. And sometimes I don't watch in French if I'm trying to, you know, hear names and understand what's going on if I'm also doing something else. And there's an element of humor to a a biased hometown broadcast that is very funny that they cannot hide their disdain for what is happening. And it kind of makes it more enjoyable. In some cases, it could be Jack Edwards sounding like he is just three sheets to the wind at some point and just rambling incoherently. Or it can be really, you know, weird and gross, like what happened in Florida and other things like that. It's 
I don't mind a biased broadcast if you admit your bias in there where it's like, if I can tell you're putting out a little bit of like a show for the broadcast, fine. But there's a line that at a certain point, it's like, okay, now you're kind of just being no. Uh, there's a fine line. I don't mind a biased hometown prod or broadcast because that's part of it. That's just kit and caboodle for any sporting event. It's bad when you get to a national level and it's very clear who the team, who is being pulled for, but that's a uh, long-winded rant for another day. We have time for one more in this segment, Laura, or should we move on to this uh, last segment here? All right. So we're going to move on. We still got more questions. As Laura said, we are going to push some of these into a, another episode later on next week at some point because we have so many good questions and not enough time to get to all of them, but we will get to them. We're going to get into the rest of those coming up next. We are back here at Locked on Canadians. This is the final segment of our Friday mailbag. Remember, tweet us at LO underscore Canadians or Canadians at gmail.com with your questions. Laura, what else do we have in the mailbag today? Our good friend Shell asks, which hab do you think will improve the most over the offseason? I want to say Slavkovsky just because this, the, the I don't want to say the bar is low, but we know there's potential there. I definitely think he's going to be that guy. And then it almost feels like cheating to say Cole Caulfield because I think he's going to hit 40 goals next season. But I think that's going to be my second answer with that. Extremely legitimate. Um, I've got a trio of questions from another Leafs fan who we will still love, uh, also named Phil. If the Habs don't win the draft lottery, what is their best course to be competitive next year? I think staying their current course and building here. One, don't have everybody get injured. Like, for sure, don't do that. Not that they can control all of that. But if everyone's not hurt, I think the Canadians are a lot peskier of a team, especially if Samuel Montembeau plays as well as he did. And if the team's not injured and Jake Allen is not trying to cover so much and also then getting injured, does Jake Allen posting like a 905 save percentage move them up there? Uh, It is, there's every possibility that the Canadians just by getting healthy will already be more competitive next season than they were this year. So I also agree. I also think they need to do as much as they can to maximize situations that people play in. They need to throw these young players into situations where they're uncomfortable and they grow, right? Like you can't shelter them. You have to throw them out of their comfort zone. So that's a big thing for me is during like in games, give them assignments that are a little bit above their skill level or a little bit above their, how far along they are in their career. That's what I think they should do. Um, Phil has another question. Also, since the Leafs winning against the Panthers would give you a better pick, are you okay with the Leafs being that close to the finals? Uh, there are two Scots that are going to take the thing here. The analytical one who is looking at the best you know, outlook for the Montreal Canadiens. And I go, yes, that is what is best for the Canadiens. Having the 17th overall pick in addition to a top five pick. That is what this team needs. And then there's the Scott that is jacked up on Mountain Dew, three hours of sleep, and hatred for everything except for the Montreal Canadiens, who wants this to be as embarrassing as possible for Toronto, who's going, no, Toronto should lose as hilariously as possible. I don't care about my own actions here. I don't care that I'm shooting all of my toes off as I go here right now. It's funny when it happens to them. The truth of the matter is they should probably want Toronto to win so we get the better draft pick. However... 
for the pure chaos and crap posting that I enjoy on Twitter from time to time. Them losing also fills a hole in my heart somewhere. So, And to note, Phil is not one of the Leafs fans that bullies me, so we like him. Yes. Um, real Another question from Phil. What is your favorite cheese and why? So I uh, working in a grocery store is great because there are so many different kinds of cheeses on absolutely everything. And there's an intense brie that is earthy, mushroomy, and a little bit really great on its own, really great on a small little toasted baguette. And then there's also one, it's rind washed with chimay uh, beer and then, you know, stored in the cave. So it has a really nice full flavored uh, rind to it and everything. It's absolutely delicious, expensive, but delicious. So I'd pick either one of those, but also I, if you put cheese in front of me, I will just eat it without asking any questions. I am an absolute gremlin for cheese and someone can absolutely clip that as well. My answer is also yes to cheese, just in general. But my personal favorite is a Quebec cheese called Cendrillon. It is a soft ripened cheese with actual ash around it. Um, like I think it's like it's uh, maple ash, but it is so good. I hope that I'm not like giving myself cancer by eating it because I absolutely adore it. So that is my answer to cheese. We've got another question from a Leafs fan. And the question is, why are the Leafs Canada's team? And the answer is they are not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not. Canada's team is the Quebec Nordiques because everyone keeps wanting them to come back. So so I've got a, a really fun question. Which couple of guys would make the best summer camp counselors and which activity, <laughs> sailing, soccer, crafts, outdoorsmanship, would they lead? It has to be Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Like they have camp counselor written all over them. They do. And then also in there, I have Mike Matheson because he has young kids teaching like how to ski and how to like, you know, boogie board and stuff. And then Jake Allen teaches fishing because I'm going back to Jake Allen's uh, basket that he did for charity where it was just fishing supplies. And he's from Atlantic Canada. And if I'm having my terminology that wrong, I'm sorry. Don't yell at me. It's fine. Like, he's, he's, he's a maritimer. He, he is, he's that, he's that old, you know, camp concert. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to fish. You're all going to be out here at six o'clock in the morning. I'm going to teach you how to bait a hook and all this other stuff. Jake Allen seems like the absolute perfect guy for that. Nick and Cole teach God knows what that's Nick's fine. Putting Cole with Nick turns Nick into a completely different person, which is my favorite thing in the world. Uh, and Josh Anderson just teaches beach volleyball because I mean, come on, look at the guy. So we've got a few more questions, but we're going to answer this one, and then we're going to go to our nemesis question of the week. He actually asked two. Um, this comes from Jeff the Red. What will you do if the Habs win the draft lottery? I already probably have to eat a hat because of Pierre-Luc Dubois, so probably not much on my end. I don't anticipate them winning the draft lottery. If they do, we'll figure something out within reason because people love to watch me eat and suffer and I love having to explain this to my girlfriend, why this is happening. So um, stay tuned on that. If they win it, we'll figure out something fun. Are you ready for the two nemesis questions? Yes. Yes. So earlier today, I posted on Twitter, please send us mailbag questions or I will die. And so he asked, what would the medical examiner write as cause of death? I think I'm going to, I'm going to say the medical examiner would put having will Christ in your life is the cause of death. I was just going to say can't evening 
Um, <laughs> I, I, as the cause I died of death from can't evening. Can't evening. And then finally, this is another question from our nemesis. And again, we will be doing the rest of these mailback questions possibly on Monday. Uh, Tuesday is going to be our reaction to the draft lottery. Um, and possibly on Wednesday, these questions will be asked. But today's last question is, which player on the Habs would be most likely to get wallet inspected multiple times? So this is, and if I'm correct here, a reference to the Simpsons where I believe it is snake goes up to them and goes, I'm the wallet inspector. I need to inspect your wallets. And they just hand them over and he runs off with them and the money and everything else. And there are three players in this that I look at this and I go, all three of you would fall for this multiple times. The easy answer is Brendan Gallagher, who has zero street smarts whatsoever. Cole Caulfield, who, bless him, bless his heart, maybe not the brightest bulb in the basket. And then Uri Slavkovsky, who is a child, who just does not know any better, are the three that I would say are most likely to get checked on this. Because it will happen, and then one of the vets in the background, a Joel Edmondson, a Mike Matheson, a David Savard, would be like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Or Nick Suzuki looking at Cole going, again? Really? We've been over this. This happened a week ago. What are you doing? But any of those three, multiple times, and I don't think anyone would be surprised. And then Arbor Jack, I can go chase it down and just, you know... <laughs> end up on world star hip-hop or whatever <laughs> i can't top that answer scott so that's it for all the time we have for today more mailbag questions to follow yes we will we will have the rest of these folded into an episode next week with some player reviews or if there is other news we will get that taken care of for you as always follow us on twitter at lo underscore canadians follow at the active stick follow myself at scott metla uh, subscribe on YouTube, ring the bell to get notified every time I post an episode. We are going to be going live on Monday for the draft lottery. We will let you know if we're going to start a little bit before the draft lottery or with the draft lottery. We will work that out with all of you once we have a chance to sit down and discuss that. But we will see you all next time and go Habs go.